Welcome to episode 26 of Cartel Conversations, the podcast of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel and the Micro Model Railway Dispatch Ezine. Joining me tonight is the editor and publisher of the Micro Model Railway Dispatch, Ian Holmes. Happy second anniversary, Ian, or should it be happy birthday? I don't know. What do we call it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is it, is it two, two years? My word. Two years I, since we started it back up. So. <laughs> two years. My time flies when you're having fun. Well, you know, I hope we've contributed to people having fun over the past couple of dark years. I know. I think, yeah, I think I've had a lot of fun these these past couple of years doing these, doing the podcasts and uh and then in the end, putting out the the micro model railway dispatch. It's been a lot of fun these last couple of years. Yes, it has. And I do know um, we have had some recent uh, new additions to the uh, Cartel Facebook group. And I do know that a, a few new members have come in and have commented about listening to the podcast. Uh, good to have you on board with the um, uh, Cartel Facebook group. So I hope you find some useful information there. And hopefully we'll see some of uh, uh, these new listeners uh, and new uh, members to the group uh, posting some of their micro builds. That'll be interesting to see. So speaking of micro layouts and projects, uh, Ian, um, have you had any time to work on your micro layout projects? I know you were on a vacation there for a while. So how's things going there? Well, uh, I am in the rare position of having too much stuff, too much model railway related stuff going on to get properly focused. Uh, I'm currently tweaking Nowhere Road Halt for the Granite City train show in May. Uh, yeah, I, in fact, I'm almost finished with the tweaking and the refurbishment. Yeah, I made the layout a little deeper because... Um, to fit in with the uh, cartel challenge regulations for last Christmas, the layout had like a curved back to uh, make it fall within the square inches of the, the competition. So I've now made the layout a little deeper and it's now a more conventional rectangular shape. It's like 26 inches by 7 inches. That little extra depth gives you uh, a little more to play with a little and a little bit more scenic development and it makes it easier to fit the uh, new back scene that I have for it. Uh, I've also had to uh, reposition uh, the platform for it so I can run some of my larger locomotives because uh, <laughs> there I was at the Granite City train show at uh, Christmas and uh, I'd run all my smaller locomotives on the layout and set everything up against it and it was looking really good and then i got one of my larger locomotives out. Well, i say larger i mean it was still a switcher but it had like outside coupling rods on it so they fouled the platform so couldn't use any of my larger locomotives so yes that was one thing i had to do was like relocate the platform and it just pulled it back like three or four millimeters not much but then again you know when you're playing with micro layouts a lot of it is not much you know it's a millimeter here or there can make all the difference you know so yeah i've uh, pretty much got the um nowhere road halt ready to go the wife and i will be doing some test running on it tomorrow night making sure that the electrics are all good now that i've done some reballasting and there's no mysterious short circuits uh have developed but uh yeah i've uh, done a little bit of tweaking a little bit of refurbishment and uh it's looking pretty good i mean you'll have seen uh, the picture that i posted on the uh, cartel facebook page 
And uh, yeah, that one's looking pretty good. So, mm. but that's not it, because then mm. you know, we, I'm still waiting for confirmation about Trainfest in uh, November there in Milwaukee, and so I've got to uh, the next thing after the Granite City Train Show is to then work on my uh, upper box coal loading layout, which I believe was actually originally called Nowhere Mine. Mm-hmm. So I got a bit of a nowhere theme in in my layout yes, naming do. lately, don't I? Yes. So this was like the nowhere mine loading system. So yeah. So I'm rebuilding that because you know that the uh, the buildings for that were originally cardboard with like the uh, brick paper around the uh, mm-hmm. textured papers around it. They were just like worn out. You know, the glue was starting to come undone and and the paper was like peeling back. It was looking rather tatty. So uh, I'm building new structures out of styrene with uh, embossed styrene sheet and uh, and what have you. And so hopefully that will have more durability to it. Uh, so, yeah, I've got that to work on after the Granite City train show is done on Saturday. And then, of course, I've got to find time to work on my uh, Cartel Challenge Christmas layout as well. Your Nowhere Road halt station is uh, looking really good with that new backdrop. But uh, just in case there's any listeners up in uh, your area who might be uh, thinking about attending the Granite City train show, uh, what time is it? And is, is it this weekend, you say? It is this weekend. It's Saturday the 14th doesn't it and it's like 9 a.m to 3 p.m at the river's edge convention center in st cloud minnesota and uh yeah it's i think it's six dollars to get in and there's a and there is a door prize drawing for a lionel train set there you go all right so, so if anybody's yeah. in the area drop in and See Ian, and if you say hello to Ian, say you heard this on the podcast, you get a free subscription to the Dispatch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know. Keep your day job, Tom. So here we go. Uh, anyway, you're, you're you're on fire tonight, aren't you? <laughs> but uh, I have to say, on my end, I've I've done absolutely nothing. I have nothing for updates because it's springtime here in Missouri, and. I was telling Ian before we got on to record tonight that uh, I've been uh, already cutting grass about four times this season. So uh, right here where I'm at, uh, it's uh, it's the growing season. So we've been doing a lot of outside work and things like that. So I haven't even looked at train stuff. But hopefully as the weather gets really hot, because I don't like hot and humid weather, uh, that's my time. To, yeah, and that's my time to come back. Well, my wife does, but that's yeah. another story. But anyway, then that's my time to come in and start working on trains. That's coming up here in about a month, so I'll get back to something on that. But anyway, what do we got tonight for the main topic? What are we going to be talking about tonight? Well, yeah, well, first off, I have an announcement, a, a serious announcement to make, Tom. Because uh, on my recent vacation to the UK, uh, I went to a model railway exhibition and I saw the Heaton Lodge Junction model railway layout. It's the largest portable O scale layout in the UK. It's 200 feet long by 50 feet wide. And my wife and I were so impressed that we're giving up micro layouts and are only going to build huge O scale layouts from now on. I'm kidding. <laughs> or, or, or am I? 
Yeah, say if you can t- crack the jokes tonight, Tom, so can I. Yeah, yeah but, but then you said, or am I? So was that a joke? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, yeah, this was the first thing we did when we went over to the UK. You know, our plane landed at like about nine o'clock in the morning, picked up the rental car, and we drove from Heathrow Airport to uh, Shepton Mallet, the Bath and West showground there, where the uh, where this Heaton Lodge layout was being shown it's the second time the layout has been shown in the uk and uh it's amazing i mean okay so we are a micro layout podcast but there is no reason why we cannot talk about a layout like heaton lodge junction because it's stunning it what i'd like to get a discussion about it's like it has an undefinable it quality you know do you know what i mean you can look at a layout and you can say "Ooh, wow that is cool and then you can look at another layout and say yeah okay it's not bad and i had that there i mean i was surrounded by british o scale layouts at this exhibition there was heat and lodge which you went oh my gosh wow i'm gonna give up micro layouts and build something like this in another part of the hall, there was a, a quite acceptable little O-scale motive power depot for showing your locomotives off. And you go, like, yeah, OK, that's all right. So what gives a layout that it quality? You know, I really liked about Heaton Lodge. It was such a personal layout. It's 200 feet long, yet it's personal. The guy who has built this layout it's based on where he used to go like train spotting when he was a child when he was researching the layout he found a photograph published in the model railway magazine of him and some friends like train spotting by the line side so he's recreated that scene from the railway magazine photograph on the layout wow uh, yeah <laughs> that's really cool it's like he's put himself as a child in this in his layout i mean that's a pretty neat idea you know it's great little personal touch you know the layout has got like all these like information boards along it at 200 feet long you know you can have information boards every so often and it's like explains what what you're looking at and what's going on some of these boards describe the construction and some describe the locomotives and things that you're seeing and there's another board that's like there's a whole board these are like, like three foot by one foot information boards with photographs and text and stuff like this. And there's one board that is devoted to a tiny scene. There's a, a ditch, a stream that runs under the railway line and it's modelled on the layout. And what the layout builder used to do on his bike was he used to like ride his bike across the field and try and jump over this stream on his bike so what's in the bottom of the stream a model of his bike yeah and the personal details like that damn that like took me away you know that blew me away in a way and there was lots of little scenes like there was lots of little individual vignettes that you could draw your eye to and you could take in while you were watching the trains travel past on a 200 foot layout those little individual vignettes it's that that's what we're aiming for in a micro layout isn't it we build the layout around those vignettes 
and here he is incorporating these vignettes into a great whole. It's something that, you know, you're talking about the fact of its sheer size, but the concepts that are used and the things that are done on that easily apply to micro layouts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, going to see these layouts, you can get inspiration and ideas, even if you can't build something exactly like it, you can capture a scene. Maybe it would stimulate you to some memory in your past that's uh, maybe connected to, you know, when you were a child, when you were watching trains. And I think a lot of us who are in the hobby had done that one time or another when we were younger. And uh, some of us haven't stopped. Some of us have been doing it (laughs) since we were little kids. And yeah. uh, but, you know, that's that's one of those uh, really neat things that uh, that's one of the advantages, I think, with micros. If you don't have the space for something like that, you can still create that it factor mm-hmm. uh, by doing a highly detailed scene in a manner that has a purpose. You know, like yeah. we, we talk about Carl's definition of, of having an operating purpose. I think that's one of the things that has drawn me into the micro niche yeah. has been the fact that um you know, I used to have a basement. I, I had the dreams of filling a basement. Things have changed as I've gotten older. Situation, as I've said before in other episodes, I don't have that anymore. So for me, maximizing the use of my space uh, means not necessarily cramming everything into that space, but putting highly detailed scenes. And instead of having one big layout, I could have lots of micro layouts. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Although I'm beginning to run a room for those, too, because that's, <laughs> that's how small the house is. But uh, that's another story. But, Ian, I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, I was noticing through here when we were talking about the information boards. Uh, that's something that I see uh, quite a bit with European modelers. Uh, whereas, uh, like when I go to train shows, at least in my area, a lot of the display layouts, uh, they don't have a whole lot of information boards. Some of them do. Like uh, I know some of the N-Track layouts uh, will have um, some of those guys uh, and women will actually build these modules uh, based on um, real locations and they all have those little things and I mean you can go around and see those as well but I know uh, there's a lot of that and I've done that myself with my wetter out foods I although I'll have to be honest with it I don't have too many people read them Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we just became a picture society and you know the show me a photo uh, where I've put up some information boards and I've only had a few people pass by and actually take the time to read about the history or you know how the layout was built and things like that not everybody's yeah. interested in that but i think that's a good way to do it especially with that like you said with that layout you got to see into the mind of the creator a bit some of his yeah. memories and the thing is with heat and lodge i mean like i say it's 200 feet long and 50 feet deep so it's difficult to actually engage the operators in conversation Because actually, I was meeting a friend there, Paul Marshall Potter, well-known British railway modeler. He texted me, he says, let me know when you get here. So I was like, I did. Stood outside the front of the layout. Yeah, so how do you find somebody on a layout that's 200 feet long? You know, he messaged me back. I'm popping my head over the back scene now. The sheer size of this layout is like difficult to engage people in conversation, the operators. So, So if you want to ask, somebody about the layout it's difficult with these large exhibition layouts so that and uh, individual notice boards information boards placed at strategic points along the front of the layout that all helps the presentation
The Micro Model Railway Dispatch is the journal for those interested in the designing, building and operating of micro model railway layouts. Released four times a year and full of inspirational layouts and articles, it's your gateway to the world of micro layouts. The dispatch is free and available for download from micromodelrailwaydispatch.com. There you can download the current and all back issues. You can also show your appreciation and support for the magazine's future through buymeacoffee.com. In addition, you can be placed on the mailing list to access the magazine early by contacting the editor at mmrdeditor at gmail.com. That sounds interesting. Sounds like you had a good time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was so much that I was picking up on. Another thing I've noticed, like, is I... A lot of my layouts, they're like so flat. You know, <laughs> yeah. then there's Mine no, there's <laughs> no, there's no relief. You know, it's like, and I was looking at layouts there. The railway would be going over on on a road bridge, and you could actually put your eye at like road level, watch the train go by above you. And I'm thinking, oh man, we need, I need to do that more. We need to get relief into micro layouts i know it's very difficult but the fact that we don't have much size to work with i think that's something i've got to work on more in the future is get a, a bit more elevation so i think that's something i have to work in a, with the future with uh, with my micros make them less flat i mean okay so i mean with my nowhere road halt which is only like 26 by 7 inches and based on the east anglian fens uh, lincolnshire fens which are absolutely flat anyway there's no need for any relief there but i mean that's like i'm having to rethink my cartel challenge layout a little bit perhaps i can tweak the design that i've got so that it has more relief to it you know because that flatness is something that's been bothering me lately Mm, okay yeah definitely a challenge with that for sure Mm mm-hmm all right. And uh, speaking of layout challenges, I've noticed that uh, we've had a, a few posts from members of the, I always say listeners, because not necessarily everybody listens to the podcast, but our group members. Why not? Are, yeah. why, are you, <laughs> why are they not? Why are these cartel people not listening to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's what we ought to put there. Are you listening? That's a question we ask. Do you listen to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, so, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But anyway, um, We've had a few people posting their builds as they're yep. coming along. Some leaves are looking really good. So I yep. want to encourage everyone to keep them coming. It doesn't have to be finished. If you want to show your plan, if you want to show your progress, you can do that through the process. Uh, all I ask is is that you tag each one with your hashtag and micro challenge 2022. And that's all we ask. That way, if anybody goes on to the group, they can click that hashtag and search all the posts related to micro challenge 2022 uh, any thoughts on that ian no i mean i've been was, was it just before i went away to the uk there was a glut of really inspiring clever stuff appearing out there you know mm-hmm. and so i was getting really excited for the standards of entry you know and uh seems to have gone a bit quiet lately but damn people are probably busy building or tweaking their schemes so yeah i was really excited with the way things were were looking I, i'm really looking forward to um judging come uh december 
Yeah, yeah I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, though, Tom, you know, if people are not being spurred on in their entries by the thought of winning a uh, micro model railway dispatch T-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Well, coffee mugs don't seem to be motivating. But again, uh, the one thing we do and usually do from time to time is we do post our uh, group cover photo. And that will be uh, the featured cover photo. The winner of that will get that. Of course, there will be a post uh, congratulating the winner and the, and the top three uh, vote getters behind the grand prize winner. And we'll see if there's going to be a prize. It sounds like there might be, but that's still a little down the road. But we'll have more details on that here in the near future. Any other thoughts tonight, Ian? I know we are a little late coming out this month. I know you've been busy with you were out of town, and I've been busy as well. So this is coming out a little late. But uh, any uh, thoughts on our second anniversary? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I could ramble for a while, couldn't I? I mean, it's like it came up unsuspectingly two years that's the thing it's like it's a it's a weird thing if we're talking about we started this because of covid didn't we we started this mm-hmm, up yes. again because people were stuck in their houses and yeah they needed something to do and uh, certainly around the world uh, there was a lot of people building model railway projects there's in one of the old in the previous edition of the, the dispatch um, Francois Fontana shared his a layout that he built while under lockdown. And another guy, Fred Motte, another French gentleman, he built a layout during COVID. And uh, that was in the dispatch. And this, so the dispatch has featured quite a few layouts that people have built during COVID, you know. And mm-hmm. it says a lot for our hobby. It's thrived at a time like this mm-hmm. you know it's pretty cool it's it's a mm-hmm. very stressful time i mean it's like uh, people are struggling with it and it's like model railways are a, a great stress busting hobby you know it's like I, I don't know if i've mentioned this before i know i've mentioned it before on other podcasts i do struggle with mental health issues you know i i struggle at times with stress and anxiety and there are times when it gets tough it gets difficult and there is no better way honestly there's very few better ways to alleviate the stress and the anxieties of of life than to just sit down whether it just be a a sheet of styrene to cut it up to make a model building or you know get your paints out and paint some people to lay some track you know or even sit in front of a piece of paper and work on a scheme for a layout, work on a concept for a layout work on an idea these are the things that take your mind off what is causing you the problems you know that's one thing i was told by therapists you know it's like Find something else to concentrate on to take your mind off what is troubling you. And something like model railways where you can find yourself concentrating to such a high level working on things. It's like if you've got like a seven millimeter scale figure and you're like painting his face and his eyebrows and you've absolutely got 
clear your mind of all distractions. And model railways are great for that. There's so many aspects of building a layout that afford you the opportunity to forget all your problems, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so. I think, too, one of the things we did when everything was going on, you had contacted me about starting the podcast back up with the fact that we were still, uh, many of us were still in lockdowns with COVID and all, mm-hmm. just to have a way to talk about it. A lot of people were interacting on the Internet and uh, especially like on Facebook and other model railway groups. Uh, doing things and sharing things and sharing the projects they were doing during lockdown. And I know one of the things that I always love to do, and I still do it, a lot of times uh, one of my all-time favorite uh, Model Railroad podcasts is uh, Model Railroad Radio by Tom Barbelay. That's one that uh, a lot of times I will pop that on, put it through my little uh, Bluetooth speaker, work on a Model Railroad project, and listen to a podcast talking about uh, Model Railroads. And it really gets me in that working mood, and it does get your mind off of things. I'm, I'm listening to other modelers talking about their things. I've gotten a lot of inspiration from listening to Model Rail Radio. Cartel Conversation, we don't uh, record as long of podcasts, and a lot of their podcasts, they've had a couple-hour lengths when they do theirs. You know, ours is anywhere from, you know, 20 minutes to sometimes an hour if we have a special guest on. But uh, I even go back and listen to ours. I'll go back and listen mm-hmm. to ours while I'm working on things just to, to listen to where I have to kind of do that as, you know, I'm producing the show. I got to go back to see what we've talked about on different things. And, uh, you know, but I like to listen to it just to get information that we talked about. There's times when even though you and I, you know, sat down and recorded this, it's like, oh, I forgot we talked about that. And I'll go back mm-hmm. and listen to that again. So uh, uh, I find the listening to uh, Model Railroad podcast to be uh, an enjoyable experience, especially while working on layout. But I like to listen to them while I'm in the car driving. So, mm-hmm. all right, before we close in, anything else? Any last thoughts? Yeah, I'd just like to uh, remind everybody uh, it's um, June is coming up, and June will be the next issue of the uh, dispatch this next issue of the dispatch will be coming out in june so uh, we have a a new feature we've got a feature called bookshelf and i'm looking for modeler you micro layout modelers out there to submit your books modeling books that you find invaluable you know, looking for you to share details, your favorite books, your favorite hobby books. So um, favorite model railway books. Um, send those in to me at mmrdeditor at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see about featuring, building up a library of uh, model railway books that people find useful. Sharing around the information. That's a new feature that I'm planning from now on. From the summer issue onwards, we're going to have a regular feature called Bookshelf. All right. So, uh, so yeah. So if you if you've got a book that you like that you're passionate about, drop me a line about it. Let's just say like sixty, seventy, hundred words about why you like this book, and uh, we'll see about fitting it in the dispatch sometime. So yeah, and don't forget, of course, send your layout articles in as well. And you all noticed that Ian didn't say anything to me about my article 
because my article's already been submitted. So it has, yeah, I, it, yeah, I, <laughs> I got that done before we recorded this. So uh-huh. I even got it to you before you even went on vacation. So there you, you go. did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us, and you can email the show at microcartel at aol dot com. You can also comment at the podcast blog page, and you can find that at microcartel.blogspot.com. If you're on Facebook, be sure to join the Cartel Facebook group. Just search for the Micro Model Railroad Cartel group. Now, it's a private group, so you will have to join before viewing the group content. Please be sure to answer all three questions in order to join. We make no exceptions on that. If you don't answer all three, your request will be declined. So I want to encourage everybody, answer the best way you can. Uh, we're just making sure you're not a, uh, a bot trying to uh, spam us. So that's why we asked for that. Right, Ian? Yes, indeed. Yeah. No bots. No robots. From Ian and myself, we want to thank you all for listening and hope you have a good evening. And we'll catch you next month.